0: You are listening to episode 73 of the Hench and Dad podcast, and this is another throwback episode where I put up the audio of my Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Boom Studio comic book reviews, issues number 0, 1, and 2. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Hench and Dad podcast. I am Wes and I am the Hench and Dad and today I am bringing you, the listeners, another throwback episode to my old YouTube days of yore where I'm actually going to be talking about the first three issues of the Boom Studios Mighty Morphin Power Rangers comic book series. Now I know, I know, you might be getting a little bit bored of these throwback issues and you know, I I get it, I get it, I understand And it might seem a little bit lazy on my part, but I also know that a lot of you weren't necessarily following me during my YouTube days. And so this is really brand new content. And not only that, but because I'm kind of bringing it in like a compilation form, it's actually producing a lot of minutes of content that will actually be, I don't know, probably kind of interesting to you. And the episodes are actually going to be a little bit longer. So there you go. That's why I'm doing it. So today... I'm going to be focusing on issues zero, one, 1, and 2 of the Boom Studios Mighty Morphin Power Rangers comic book series. Now, I know I've mentioned the comic book series here on the channel. Not on the channel. Oh my goodness, I'm getting back into YouTube days. On the podcast before. So... I haven't really gone back to, like, the beginnings, though. And this will actually provide a really good, like, foundation for me to jump off of because I've already talked about these issues. And while they're a little bit cringy in some places and I didn't really take the best of notes, it's still content that I think I could still, you know, I, I could probably do better if I didn't today, but I, I still think it's relevant what I said at the time. And these are about two to three years old. So this is before, like, the big Shattered Grid event, like, really took off. I know there were, like, seeds planted at the beginning, but for the most part, this is before everything really took off. And I think that it provides just a good little capsule of where the comic books were at that time. And then from there, I actually think I have plans in the future to continue on from where I left off. So today will be issues 0 through 2. And then on Thursday, this week, on episode 74, it will be issues 3 through 5, which are already up on my channel. You could actually go find them and listen to them if you want to. But I'm just going to put them here on the channel. On the channel? Oh my goodness, I cannot get past this, apparently. I'm going to put this on the podcast feed. Yeah, there's no editing on this one. Sorry, folks. I'm going to put this on the podcast feed, and you can just get it, like, right then and there. And then from here on out, I might just go back and start with issue 6. Because, hey, like, the, the comic is going, like, pretty well. It's on, like, issue 50, I think or something like that so you know it's been around for a while and there've been quite a few like good little story arcs to cover and some one-offs that i might even want to look at so basically this is just like the foundation of the mighty Morphin power rangers boom studio comic book series yes i'm gonna like preface like that every time and then we'll just go from there so you know if i can create like a repository of my knowledge on the comics i think that would be a pretty good pretty good content for you so anyway that that's what we're going to do today so feel free to continue listening or if you just don't really want to hear about the comics it's not something that interests you hey i understand that you can delete this episode and just be on your way and i'm sorry that the audio is a little bit eh on these different little segments that i'm putting in here but that's just kind of how it is sign of the times you know when i was young and didn't really understand how to properly i don't know project my voice so that i can be picked up on a microphone properly so i'm just kind of rambling at this point so let's just get right on into it Hello and welcome to the first episode of my Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Boom Studios comic book review series. This episode covers issue number zero, which was the first issue that was put out. Now you might be wondering, why issue zero? Why is it not issue number one like every other comic is? Well, from what I have heard, this is actually just the promotional issue. So, you know, just a way, kind of a teaser trailer in many ways to get the fans interested in the series. And it starts off with quite the bang, actually you see Tommy standing in front of, you know, Rita, and he's standing among the bodies of all the Power Rangers that he's basically just killed. So, you know, this is a, this is a comic book for children, of course. So you see him, and Rita's congratulating him. It's like, ah, oh, good job, da 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 And, oh, but then it cuts to Tommy and Jason driving to school. It was all a dream sequence. But, you know, that's a really cool way to start this issue. That really gets you interested like right off the bat. It's like, what happened here? Oh, okay. It's not actually happening. But, as you can see, Tommy is having some problems. They're on their way to school, and he's having these weird hallucinations of Rita talking behind his back, and kind of feeding him things, and misconstruing what the things people are saying to him are. And it's kind of like this weird weird thing, these weird hallucinations he's having of Rita, and this is going to cause some problems, of course. So they arrive at school, and everybody's there, and as you can also see, it is clearly set in the modern day. I think that's a really good idea for them to do, to get out of the 90s, honestly. Like, there is really no reason to stay in the 90s through this comic book series. You don't have to be, you know, slave to what they did, you know, 20-something years ago. You really don't need to, so. Put it in the modern day, make your own spin on it. That sounds great, and I'm all for that. So yeah, because of these hallucinations, Tommy's kind of doubting his place in the group. And as as it cuts over to Rita, you can see that she's planning on releasing a monster on Angel Grove, which is pretty typical Rita fashion. So the monster appears, what the monster appears, I should say, while Tommy and Kimberly are like having a text conversation in class. Apparently, Tommy's just kind of sullen, and Kimberly's like, "Ah, oh, cheer up, you know, you're part of our group now." So, Oh yeah, I forgot to mention that earlier, this clearly takes place after the Green with Evil arc. We don't actually see that in the comics as of the time of this recording yet. Maybe the GoGo Power Rangers comic series will have that, I don't know yet. But we don't see the actual Green with Evil arc, just the aftermath of it. So they leave the group of students that, they're with as, that they are with as they are being evacuated, and all six of them run out to the front of sco- the school and morph, summoning the Megazords to take down the monster. And I have to say, this monster design is pretty sweet it's got those like really cool serrated teeth and this really looks like something that you would see in Godzilla or you know maybe even an Ultraman show but not something I would necessarily see in Power Rangers so as they're battling the monster you know Tommy has to like take a shot while Jason and the others are holding the monster down with the other Megzord but Tommy's hesitating due to all these Rita hallucinations and he is eventually able to deliver the killing blow killing blow but then all the controls freeze up on the Dragonzord temporarily, which is obviously due to his doubt and hesitancy and all these hallucinations that Rita's feeding him and misconstruing what everybody's saying. And that causes the Dragonzord's tail to, like, whack over and hit a section of the bridge, and, you know, cars are starting to fall down. So Kimberly has to teleport out and disconnect the Pterodactyl Zord just in time to save these people. I don't actually remember any episodes of Power Rangers where the different zords, like, detach... As quickly as this, I know that they, you know, they have different configurations with the Dragon sword and such, and the other one, uh, I can't remember the other one's name, the other Zord, uh, I can't remember right now. But I, I've never seen anything like this, so I'm glad they're using the comic book medium to show you things again that you wouldn't have seen on the show. So you know, she saves the people. They go back to the command center, and Tommy's just like, "Dude, I really don't know why this happened." Jason's like, "Blah blah 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 blah, Tommy," and Tommy's like, "Well blah 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 blah, Jason," and. They're all getting into an argument, and Jason's really having doubts about having Tommy on the team at this point, and can't seem to follow orders, quote-unquote, which I thought was a really weird thing for him to say. But, you know, Zordon eventually chastises them both for getting really heated and reminds them that, you know, Rita's been struck this blow that wounded her with the Green Ranger's defection, but that makes her even more determined to strike back, which could make her even more dangerous. So, yeah good thing to think about you know your soldier that you had spent several episodes grooming it has now become an active member on the other on the opposition side that could be a problem i i could see why rita would be upset about that but then the comic cuts over to this night scene to scorpina actually rowing a boat through the bay area where the battle had happened earlier and she delivers a mysterious crystal to rita and you know Obviously something that they wanted to keep secret during the Zord battle, and Rita declares that the crystal signals a quote-unquote new beginning for them. So I thought that was interesting and kind of a bit of a meta way to say like, you know, this isn't the actual beginning being issue zero, but issue one is the real beginning. So, you know, maybe I'm looking into that too much. But overall, I really enjoyed this first issue. It's It's nice and short. It's got a lot of Megazord action and even some good, like, little antagonism between Jason and Tommy that might set things up pretty interestingly between the two of them for the next several issues. I mean, it's clear that Jason has a bit of a distrust, distrust of Tommy at this point, you know. Who knows how much of her control, how much of Rita's control, I should say, still lingers on. Hmm, I don't know, and then obviously Tommy's having a problem because, you know, he's seeing... Rita, like, around him, and she's, like, hearing her words in his ear, and nobody else can tell, so it obviously looks like he's a bit crazy. So, who knows how much is really there. So, yeah, issue number zero, I really enjoyed it, and, you know, this is just, like, the introductory phase of the comic book, and uh, next issue, we'll definitely be getting into the, the heat of things, and I look forward to talking about that when it comes around. Well, not really when it comes around, it's already been out for many, many months, but when I get to the point where I can do that. So thank you for watching, and until next time, stay average, goodbye. Hello, and welcome to the second episode of my Boom Studios Mighty Morphin Power Rangers comic book review series, and this episode is covering issue number one. So before I get started, though, I just want to apologize for the somewhat disjointed nature of the first episode, covering issue zero, I was just having a little bit of difficulty coming up with the general format of the show. So my apologies if it seemed a bit disjointed and as if I didn't really know what I was doing, but things are going to change this episode because I actually have the comic book right in front of me and I can double check things right as we go. So that's good. So anyway, issue number one starts off with the best thing that they have created for the Power Rangers mythos is that, and that is Bulk and Skull doing video podcasts. That is the best idea I have ever seen. They have so many subscribers. And you know, if video streaming technology existed back in the 90s, as it does today, that's exactly what Bulk and Skull would be doing. It just makes so much sense. And I'm so, so happy that they did that. So anyway, they're doing their video podcast, and they're discussing the newest addition to the Ranger team, the Green Ranger. And they uh, do a few man-on-the-street-style interviews, actually, about the Green Ranger, with a few civilians giving their thoughts on the Rangers, and the Green Ranger in particular. And generally just not digging, not digging the new Green Ranger. And I thought that, you know, that would make sense. You know, you saw the Dragon Dragonzord accidentally, like, break a bridge with people on it. I would be skeptical too, I gotta say. And they even get Tommy to try to interview with them, but he's really struggling to answer their questions, obviously, because that's his fault. But Kimberly comes around and saves him from having to interview, and Bulk and Skull are just like, yeah, whatever, and don't care anymore, blah, 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 blah. And they're gonna go interview someone else, and you know, Tommy's really thankful to Kimberly about that, and they set up a bit of a coffee date later, but then they're interrupted by the ringing of the high school bell, which always tends to be very convenient. So anyway, it cuts over to Jason and Zach, and they're sitting through class, and Zach is just conked out. He is just not having it right now. And the teacher chastises them both for, you know, sleeping and just generally not paying attention, and so they both get detention. Uh-oh. The horrid, horrid detention, which never really was all that horrible to begin with, but they get detention, and when they go to lunch, they talk about how lame that is and all that, blah, 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 and Uh, you know, they're eating lunch with the rest of the Rangers, minus Tommy, because apparently this isn't his lunch period, and they're talking a bit, and Tommy shows up, and he's just like, oh yeah, I got out of class early, so can I sit with you guys? And they're like, oh yeah, totally, but then the bell rings again, and all five of the Rangers say, oh no, we gotta get going to class, and blah blah blah, and Tommy's left at the table alone, which actually is kind of sad. It really is a little bit depressing, because he's going through all this stuff with Rita in his head, and all he wants to do is just hang out with his bros and pals, and it's just not happening. It's just not happening. So, anyway, uh, cuts over to uh, Jason and Zach actually doing an interview with Bulk briefly, and Zach's kind of like, eh, not, not, I mean, the, the Green is cool and all, blah, blah, blah. And then Tommy's like, well, everyone deserves a second chance. And then that cuts over to Rita talking about the crystal from the previous issue, and she's talking about how the green chaos energy that's created by the Dragon sword is actually fueling the crystal. So she needs to get more energy more energy from the Dragonzord fights as well as the Green Ranger fights. And that's what she's telling Scorpina. So there's a plan hatching there. So cuts back over to Jason and Zach sitting in the detention room, talking about the Green Ranger and Tommy and all that, and I just don't think that's the best idea, you know, talking to each other about, you know, sensitive ranger matters in a public place like that, but I digress. But Jason's still kind of like, or no, Zack is actually. Not Jason, Zack. Zack's pretty skeptical about having Tommy on the team, he just really doesn't feel like he can trust him. And Jason, he's also having a bit of a skeptical attitude towards it as well, but he says that he has faith in Zordon's judgment, which, you know, as the leader, it's good that he's standing up for the, you know, the guy in charge there. And after that, it cuts to this, like, you know, completely... It's it's a weird juxtaposition. It cuts right into a huge battle scene. Two-big two-page spread, and, you know, you have the Pink Ranger and the Pterodactyl going around, shooting a monster, and Tommy's just taking a bunch of putties out on the ground, and they're all talking about how they need to get the civilians to safety. And then, interestingly, uh, he tries to lead the civilians down this, like, one alley and, you know, it's trying to be a good leader there, and all of a sudden, they're, like, completely ambushed by putties. And you actually see the putties, like, descend down onto the civilians and cover them. It's like, whoa, what is this, some kind of little zombie? Zombie comic? What is this, The Walking Dead? The Walking Rangers? I don't know what's going on here. But, as Zordon reveals, it was all a simulation in their pocket dimension, which, the pocket dimension is, like, their version of the Danger Room, basically. It's this little dimension that they can go into to do practice runs and all that, and do some training, and kind of a good idea. And Zordon says that the simulation is basically a lose-lose scenario, because no matter which way he had gone, he would have been ambushed by something. So, it was just really testing his ability to, you know, protect life. Which I thought was a cool lesson. And Tommy's just like, no, I gotta keep going, gotta keep going. Gotta do it again. And Kimberly's like, um, you know, we we had a coffee date, and Tommy's like, hey, um, I gotta go do this. this. This is important. Kimberly's like, oh, fine. Whatever. And then... Cuts over to Tommy arriving at home pretty late at night and, you know, lays down in his bed getting ready for a good night of sleep. And then all of a sudden he gets up to a sword right to his throat. And it's Scorpina standing there with the sword to his throat in his home, ambushing him at home. Oh my goodness. And that's how the issue ends. So, overall, another good issue. You know, showing the rangers actually interacting at the school is nice to see. Vulcan School's video podcast, amazing. The idea of the pocket dimension, which the original show never had. I like all these ideas that they're introducing here. You know, it's, it's going slowly in, at introducing these new ideas, but they're coming in. And having a ranger get ambushed at their home by a villain, by a villain that is gutsy. So let's see how that pays off for Scorpina in the next issue. So, yeah, thank you for watching this episode, tune in next time for issue number two, and until next time, stay average. Goodbye. Hello and welcome to episode number three of my Boom Studios Mighty Morphin Power Rangers comic book review series, and this is issue number two of said series, which is kind of weird because, you know, we're on episode three, but it's issue two, but I digress. The numbering system is going to be all messed up. Oh well. So, anyway, this episode does not start out with the conclusion to Scorpina and the Green Ranger's little uh, standoff in his room, but it actually starts out with Billy and Trini inside the Dragon Zord. Billy is running diagnostics on the Zord to see if there's any of the malfunctions that you would expect with the Zord not obeying Tommy earlier on in the series, and... While he's trying to fix it and figure everything out, he expresses his doubts to Trini about his place on the team. Especially now that Tommy's here and is really so much better in so many different ways, according to him. And Trini's just like, nah dude, you're awesome. She tries to cheer him up by explaining the team, that the team as a whole is better because of him and his amazing expertise. And I really like this scene because it's a great way of showing how these characters are reacting like real people. Now, of course, Billy's going to have some esteem issues, you know, he's kind of the nerdy one, he's not as athletic as the others, and I think he even dealt with some of the stuff back in the original series, just not to this depth. So it's good that they're kind of continuing that along, and and it makes sense for Billy's character to be a little bit, you know, down on himself. And one of the cool parts in this uh, whole exchange is at the end when they show that they're actually working on the Dragon Sword at the bottom of the ocean, which is really, really cool. So, it's just a really neat shot. So, if you have the issue, check it out. So, anyway, it cuts back to Tommy getting held up by Scorpina. And Scorpina tells him, basically, you better give me that power coin back or bad things are going to happen. And his mom, like, knocks on the door and is like, hey, Tommy, where's... If you need anything, let me know. And then Tommy's just like, "Uh uh-oh. And his mom's, like, right outside the door. And Scorpina's just like, oh, well, you know, maybe we can... Talk to your mom about it, and then Tommy's just like, no, that's not happening. So he smacks her away and is able to uh, teleport her, himself, and her to a forested area at night. Which is kind of cool, because you don't really see these kinds of battle scenes at night. And uh, she tries to slash him and destroys his communicator and everything. and But he ends up being able to morph just in time to begin battle with her. And they go back back and forth a little bit with the dragon dagger and her sword and everything. And then she really is demonstrating how great she is at combat because she is is definitely the superior fighter and really just calls Tommy a child because he's not a hardened warrior or anything. And she also summons putties to come and gang up on him, which, you know, personally, I don't think she's the superior fighter if she has all these putties helping her, but I digress. Anyway, it cuts over to Jason teaching a karate class over at the Angel Grove Karate Dojo place, and Kimberly's there because she's kind of bored and you know, can't get coffee with Tommy from earlier, and Jason's kind of, like, probing a little bit, and like, so are you and Tommy? And Kimberly's like, oh, no, no, probably not. I, maybe, I don't know. I don't even think he likes me. And Jason's kind of like, uh-huh, okay. So he's thinking, oh, well, hmm, interesting. Interesting development here, all these relationships and all that. And, you know, obviously we know where that goes, but, you know, maybe they could change stuff. You know, the movie changed a little bit on that, so... Maybe that'll change in the future in this comic. But then they're interrupted by Jason's sensei, who's telling him, oh, I see some interesting uh, fighting styles coming from that Tommy Oliver lad. Maybe you should have him come over and help you with the advanced class. And Jason's kind of like, eh, I don't know about that. But luckily Zordon uh, does a little beep on the communicator and tries to contact them and tells him that Tommy needs help in the forest and cuts back to Scorpion and Tommy still just slashing and bashing. Tommy's just taking out all these putties and... So Corpina's basically like, hey, hey. the more he fights, the more he makes the crystal stronger with his dark chaos green energy stuff that they talked about in the previous issue. So she's pretty up on that, and Rita's just like, hey, if she gets the power coin too, that'd be great too, but charge the crystal, get the power coin back. And right when she's about to get the power coin back, she's blasted by Jason and Kimberly, arriving just in the nick of time morphed, and Zack then shows up and almost gets bashed by a putty, which is kind of, kind of funny. He's not really uh, expecting that. And they fight for a little bit, and Scorpion decides to run away. Again, not really the fighting superior if she's running away like that. And Tommy runs after her, even though Kimberly tells him to stop. And he's having this, like, you know, inner dialogue with the Rita voice that's been following following him around. And she's kind of just twisting things that's been happening and saying, Oh, well, I bet Jason wouldn't have needed this up. Ha 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 ha. And Tommy's just like, Seriously? Lay off. Like, seriously. And then he eventually goes back to the Rangers after they beat all the putties and... Uh, as they're talking about it, Rita's like, subtly changing what each ranger says. Like, oh, you know, Zack says, you brought Scorpino with you uh, when he teleported away. And she's like, oh, you brought a Scorpino with you? Trying to make it sound like Zack's being accusatory as well as Jason and everything. And Tommy being as confused as he is right now. Admittedly, that makes total sense. You know, he's like, back off, blah, 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 blah. And they teleport to the command center and uh, Zordon is basically saying, like, well, it makes sense that they're trying to take him back, you know, he's a really strong warrior, and he's basically saying Rita's probably just showing her superiority by, you know, sending Scorpina to the house, and basically saying she'll go to any lengths to get back the power coin, and Tommy's like, no, she'll never get it back, and then uh, Billy and Trini interject before it gets heated, and talks about how the Sword basically just stopped listening to Tommy, temporarily, and Zordon explains, well, that's because they're kind of like, you know, they have, the Zords are connected to you, they have to feel comfortable, like horses, you know, horses have to be comfortable with the writer, or else they're not going to listen to the writer, and Tommy's just like, oh, just stop badgering me, but he's really talking to the Rita voice, but all the Rangers think he's talking to him, and blah blah blah, and he's just so exhausted by this, and he's getting so fed up with Rita's voice that he collapses, like, right in the middle of the command center. And that's where the issue ends. So overall, I liked how action-packed this issue was. Like I mentioned earlier, you do not get to see many fights like at nighttime, especially in like a forest area, in the show at least. So actually having it in the comic, hey, they're you know using the medium to their advantage. They're actually like, let's do things that we can't normally do in the TV show or don't normally do. I don't know why they don't do more night fights, though. They're so cool. And then Tommy dealing with his hallucinations takes him to this breaking point and... You can definitely see how this is causing a rift between the different members of the team, especially between Tommy and the rest of the team and all that and Billy having his doubts about himself as a ranger and Zack not feeling like Tommy's really trustworthy and it's really interesting how this is kind of sh- shaking up the team dynamic and once the GoGo Power Rangers comic series comes in later this month in a few days I actually think it'll be interesting to see like were they always this like cohesive whole before Tommy showed up? Or are they going to have their personality conflicts there? It'll be interesting to see. So anyway, thank you for watching this episode and listening to me, not rant, but uh, pontificate about my thoughts on this issue. And until next time, stay average. Goodbye. Complete. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Hench and Dad podcast. If you have any questions or comments for me, you can reach me at Twitter at Hench Dad. That's H-E-N-S-H-I-N-D-A-D. Or you can send me an email at dad at gmail.com. If you've enjoyed what you heard, please, please, please go ahead, rate, review, subscribe, whatever it is that you want to do to show your support for this program. I would greatly, greatly appreciate it. And until next time... Cast off.